Welcome to episode 52 of the Deeper Christian Podcast. This is the podcast to help you study God's Word, know Jesus intimately, and discover how you can build your life around Jesus Christ. I'm Nathan Johnson, and in today's episode, I want to discuss five biblical types of prayer. Let's dive in. You don't have to go too far in scripture to realize that the Bible is full of this topic of prayer. Now, simply, we when we talk about prayer, we, we often refer to as talking or having conversation or communion with God. It's it's spending time in his presence and, and talking and making your requests known, but then also being silent and letting him communicate to you through his word and just through the pressings of his spirit. Now, I just want to kind of give a global framework for prayer before I discuss the five different types. Now, these are in no particular order, but I just wanted to read a few verses to you. Uh, and again, this is a there's so much on prayer, but here's just kind of a sampling. In 1 John chapter 5, verses 14 through 15, John writes this. Now, this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we've asked of him. In other words, what is the confidence that we have in God? Well, it's the fact that when we pray or ask according to his will, he hears us. Isn't that an incredible encouragement that when you pray, when you are talking to God, it's not like you're talking to a ceiling. You're not just talking to some random mystical kind of thing out there who's not going to interact with you, that the God of the universe actually hears you. Boy, that's encouraging to me. In Ephesians chapter 6, right after Paul talks about the armor of God, he says in verse 18 that we are to pray always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. Now, just something to note there, he uses two key words for prayer. He uses the word prayer and he uses the word supplication, which we'll come back to here in just a little bit. In James chapter 5, verses 13 through 16, Oh, and by the way, all of these verses are going to be in the show notes, so don't feel like you have to write them down. But in James 5, 13 through 16, James says this, Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing psalms. Is anyone among you sick? Well, let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the sick, and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. One quick note, when it says that the prayer of faith, speaking of the elders, that their prayer of faith will save the sick and the Lord will raise them up. It's interesting that the word prayer of faith, it's the Greek word UK, which has this idea of not just a single prayer, like, okay, they show up and they just lay their hands on them and pray, but it's this idea of a persistent praying. In other words, they're going to stand in the position of prayer. So even if they don't see evidence in the physical realm immediately, that they're going to stand in a position and continue and continue and continue to pray, which is interesting because at the end of that passage in verse 16, James says that the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man, avails much. 
And then he gives this illustration of Elijah saying, hey, you remember the story of Elijah? Here was a drought, the whole, t- you know, the whole bell thing and the Mount Carmel. But then it says that here's Elijah. He's up on the mountain and he's praying and he, he sees there's no rain clouds. And so he prays and he sees no rain clouds and he prays seven times. He's just, just pleading. He is standing in that position of prayer, that prayer of faith, that UK position. I, I love that idea. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 44, Jesus says, But I say to you, love your enemies, bless those who curse you, do good to those who hate you, and pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. Later on in chapter 6, Jesus says, And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the corners of the streets, that they may be seen by men. As surely I say to you, they have their reward. But you, when you pray, go into your room, and when you have shut the door, pray to your father who is in the secret place, and your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. And when you pray, do not use vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Therefore, do not be like them, for your father knows the things that you have need of before you even ask him. And in this manner, therefore, pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Interestingly, in the book of Luke, The disciples come up to Jesus and say, Jesus, we've been noticing your prayer life with the Father. There's something going on. And would you teach us to pray like that? And that's the prayer that he teaches them to pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. You also realize it's not just the New Testament that has a lot to say about prayer. The Old Testament actually is full of this topic of prayer. Let me just read you one passage that I think is really powerful. In Psalm 102, verse 17 It says that God shall regard the prayer of the destitute, meaning the poor, the humble, the lowly, that that he shall regard, he's going to listen to the prayer of the poor, the humble, and the lowly one. And then it goes on and says, and he shall not despise their prayer. Isn't it encouraging that when I come to God in humility and lowliness and and this, this humble reality of God, I desperately need you, that he regards and will not despise that praying. So again, the Bible has a lot to say about prayer, but it's interesting that it seems like the tenor or the tone of prayer is not just a one-time action, but it's this constant involvement, this constant communication, this constant intimacy with God himself. For example, in Romans 12, 12, Paul says that we are to continue steadfastly in prayer. Or in Luke 18, 1, uh, Jesus is giving them a parable. It says in Luke 18, 1, that Jesus spoke a parable to them that men always ought to pray and not lose heart. That we are to always pray. And even if we don't see the the evidence of the prayer, we still shall not lose heart and we should keep on praying. And then he gives this parable of the persistent widow and the unrighteous judge. And it's interesting. It's like Jesus saying that, well, hey, if the unrighteous judge will hear the plea of the widow's persistence. How much more will our righteous God hear our 
persistent plea. Yes, it doesn't mean he's going to answer immediately. And yes, it may require persistence. But do you realize that our God is righteous and he delights in answering prayer? I heard once that George Mueller, the great man of prayer and faith who literally just, you know, relied on God for the for the provision of for his for his missions work and you know his orphans. I was told that he had over fifty thousand recorded prayers. Isn't that amazing? Fifty thousand recorded prayers in his lifetime that God answered. But only five thousand of those were answered on the same day that he prayed. In other words, only ten percent of the times when when George Mueller was praying, he saw an immediate result. That the other 90% of the times he had to be persistent. He, he had to continue in the steadfastness of prayer. He had to take this position of faith in prayer, that UK prayer that says, all right, I don't see the, the evidence in the natural, but I am going to be resolute in my praying. And again, that idea shows up in 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18, where Paul says that you are to rejoice always, to pray without ceasing. And in everything, give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. That, that our lives are to be a constant declaration of praise and thanksgiving. Wow, I want my life to be that. Well, with all that being said, I want to talk really quickly about five types of prayer. Now, I'm not saying that these are increasing levels, though you could probably see them that way. But biblically, it seems like there are five key different types of prayer. Now, Philippians chapter four, verse six through seven, Paul writes this. He says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. So even there, you begin to see that Paul had this expanded understanding of prayer, that it wasn't just asking for things because he says, hey, be anxious for nothing. But in every situation, at all times, with prayer, with supplication, with thanksgiving, make your requests be made known to God. So with that as a basis, I want to talk through five types of prayer. Now, recently I was reading a book and it was kind of talking. It was just really brief, but it kind of mentioned these five types of prayer. And it just got me thinking like, wow, that's such a great picture because he was using a certain illustration to illustrate them. And it's the illustration of a husband and a wife. So I want to kind of play on that same idea. I'm going to kind of hijack his illustration, if you will, and kind of give it my own little twist. But I want to use it as a means of kind of putting it in our everyday life to give us a handle of what it means to pray. So the first type of prayer supplication. Supplication has the idea of making requests and petitions. So to go to our illustration of a husband and a wife, it's like the wife looking at her husband and asking him to do something for her. Uh, in the church that I attend, we have several young couples who are all pregnant. I mean, it's like everyone got pregnant at the same time. And of course, you know, the classic joke when, you know, when a wife is pregnant, it's like she makes these odd requests to her husband. Uh, honey, would you would you go and buy me, you know, the pizza with the sardines? Uh, honey, would you go down and get me the weird type of ice cream? Uh, honey, could you go? I'm, I'm really craving this right now. And it's it's a, it's the idea of supplication. It's the, hey, I have a request. I have a petition. I have a need. And so you're making that need or request known. You realize that we are to do that with God, that that one of the biblical means of prayer is that we are to ask God for for, for re the requests and the, the needs and the petitions on our heart. 
And while that should not dominate our prayer time, that still should be a part of our prayer time. Because I don't know about you, but, but I am lacking. I am in desperate need of God in my life that I don't have the wisdom, I don't, I don't have the talent, I don't have the ability that I need to accomplish and perform. I need God's grace and his mercy every single day. So let your requests known, be known to God with prayer and supplication. Number two is intercession. So where supplication is making requests and petitions known for my own needs, Intercession more has the idea it's, it's, a, it's an outward turn and you're praying for other people. Uh, the biblical or the Old Testament idea of an intercessor is the one who stands in a gap. It's you have this gap and you know the army is coming and you have the weak behind you and you are standing in the gap to really protect the weak. Or in this case, there's, there's this need, there's this, there's this person who has a need. And so you're going to stand in the gap and you're going to come on their behalf and intercede for them. Do you realize that the New Testament says that Jesus ever lives to make intercession for you and I, that, that he is the gap filler, that he is standing in the gap. And what is he doing? He is crying out, interceding on our behalf. And the illustration of that then is here's this wife who comes up to her husband and asks him to do something for someone else. For example, hey, honey, would you mow Miss Betsy's lawn? She's getting so old and she's having a hard time doing it herself. So, hey, would you come and do that? So it's, it's not, hey, would you do something for me? It's, hey, would you go and would you do something for somebody else? That's the idea of intercession. The third type of prayer is this idea of thanksgiving. Now, obviously, it has this idea of to give thanks for something done. And if I can encourage you, don't just be general in your thanksgiving, but be specific. Don't just say, wow, God, thank you for life. But God, I, I so appreciate the fact that, that in this very moment that you've given me the grace and the wisdom to deal with this situation. God, I just thank you for what you're doing in this moment. So to go to our illustration, it's, it's like a wife thanking her husband for something that he did. For example, uh, honey, thanks for vacuuming the house today. That there's this idea of appreciation and, and gratitude for something done. The fourth type of prayer is the idea of praise. Now, there seems to be a, I was trying to wrestle through this, of what's the difference between thanksgiving and praise? And here's the best that I can probably enunciate it. Thanksgiving has to do with showing gratitude for something. But praise, praise contains the idea of, yes, it has the idea of thanksgiving and appreciation, but it also suggests an awe or an admiration or approval or a commendation it's a respect and a special recognition. See, I, I could be thankful for someone, but it's like, yeah, yeah, thank you very much. But praise is almost like standing in awe and saying, wow, it's just something bubbles forth in your life. It's this exaltation that cannot be contained. So in our illustration, then it's it's not just a wife thanking her husband for doing something, but it's a it's, it's like a wife complimenting it or commending her husband for something. For example, like, wow, you've done such a great job with this project. So it still goes beyond the idea of Thanksgiving. And it's like this, wow, it's this respect and recognition and approval. Think about this. Do you realize that, that we should be praising God for who he is and what he's done for all of his promises? That, that if we would just stand and behold, just behold who he is, we would just get lost in praise and worship and, and just thanksgiving. And wow, what would that look like if that just spilled out into our lives in prayer? Our lives were full of praise in the midst of our prayer. 
So, so far we've gone through really quickly four types of prayer, supplication, intercession, thanksgiving, and fourthly, praise. But I want to talk about a fifth one. And it's not one that just typically is seen in terms of a prayer, but I think it's really important. In fact, you may even say this is the highest form of prayer. And it's the idea of fellowship. Now, fellowship has this idea of enjoying uh, and purposefully spending time with another for the purpose of relationship and intimacy. So in light of our illustration here, it's, it's like a wife who enjoys the company of her husband, who longs for him when he's gone, that she, she just delights to listen to his heart and she beholds him and delights in sharing life and love and intimacy together. And, and you recognize that fellowship's not just always talking, it's sometimes just being together. See, what would happen if we had that with Jesus Christ? That it's not just making petitions to him and it's not just singing praises to him, which, hey, that's all important. And hey, I, I, should, I should make my requests known. And hey, that's all important. But do you realize that ultimately he wants fellowship? When Paul says that we are to pray without ceasing, it's not just mumbling under our breath, as we've often said, but it's just, it's having constant communion and intimacy with him. It goes back to the idea of obsession, which we've talked about over and over and over again. And if you just want some, you know, quick referrals, you know, episode five, where we talked about five ways to grow in your spiritual life, specifically talking about prayer, it was that idea of practicing God's presence of what does it look like, not just to you know, come for 15 minutes in the morning and pray, but what does it look like to delight in God every moment of the day and having constant conversation and communion with him? And you realize that if if the if Jesus lives inside of your life via the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, then you can have constant conversation and intimacy with him. So why wouldn't you do that all throughout the day? Well, I prayed for 15 minutes this morning. Well, good for you. But are you spending every moment of this day in his presence? Are, are you spending every moment of this day just with him as the undercurrent, as the focus of your life? See, that's what I want. I want to have constant fellowship with the God of the universe. If you want another podcast to listen to, episode number 30 was called, What is Your Obsession? And it was very similar to episode number 48, where we talked about the Christian life summarized in one word, which is this idea of obsessed. That the Christian life, the way that God designed us was to be obsessed with God himself. That, that we should long for intimacy. We should long for greater relationship. We should long for just intimate fellowship with him. So the five types of prayer again, supplication, making your requests, making petitions, intercession, which is that outward turn. It's, it's praying for others to stand in the gap. Number three, thanksgiving, which is the giving thanks for something done. Number four, praise, which is the not just giving thanks, but it's giving the appreciation and the commendation and respect and recognition. It's, it's the worship and adoration of who God is and what he has done and his promises and his work on your behalf. And number five, fellowship, which again, I would probably consider maybe the highest form of prayer, which is just basking in his presence, having intimacy and relationship you just delight to spend time with him. You, you long to hear his heart. You, the word of God just excites you because he's speaking to you, that you behold him and delight in sharing life, love, and intimacy together with the living God. Wow, fellowship. Well, I am longing for that in your life. 
And, and if your prayer life has just been inward focused and it's just been, you know, throwing out some requests on occasion or, hey, God, would you do this? Or God, would you do this? And God help so-and-so. Could I encourage you to expand your perspective of prayer that, hey, we are to pray at all times that, as Paul said in Philippians again, that, that, hey, you are not to be anxious for anything, but in everything, at every moment with prayer and supplication and thanksgiving, wow, make your requests known to God. And the peace of God who surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Could I encourage you to spend some time today and just, just delight in God and spend time in prayer, but don't, don't just have parameters around it where you set a timer and say, okay, 10 minutes for God and then I'm doing my own thing. But would you begin to just turn toward him in, in the everyday moments? Would you begin to establish the discipline of, of, of turning your mind upon him and begin to say, Jesus, would you allow me to realize that you live inside of my life by your spirit? So could I delight? Could I see you? Could I behold you? And could my every moment of my day be always prayer? Yes, supplication, but beyond that, to this idea of thanksgiving and worship and praise and, and intercession and, and perhaps above all that, hey, could I just have intimate fellowship with you every moment of every day? Well, thanks for listening to this episode of the Deeper Christian Podcast. For show notes of this episode, including a list of all those passages and a quick summary of those five types of prayer, please visit deeperchristian.com forward slash 52 for episode number 52. And if you haven't done so already, could I encourage you to leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts? The more ratings and reviews that this podcast has, Apple sees it as, a, oh, this, I need to put this in front of more people. And so they recommend podcasts based primarily on the downloads and then also the ratings and reviews. So if you think others should hear this podcast, could I just, again, encourage you just to take 30 seconds and go to deeperchristian.com forward slash iTunes, and that'll take you to the Apple podcast page where you can leave a rating and review. And by the way, thank you for everyone who's done that thus far. And until next time, know I am cheering you on as you build your life around Jesus Christ.